Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I'm trying to be positive about this jazz matchup, Chuck Lockley. It's going to be a tough one. Uh, but we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast, just a couple of best friends and Clipper credential media folks. Oh, yeah. Bring you Locked on Clippers five days a week. When does it come out? 7 a.m. Monday through Friday on the dot. Wow. On, you know, depending on how the, the stream services are dealing with All it. All reliable. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, we're going to kick things off with a preview of part one of our matchup against the Jazz. Talk about what we need to do well to win that one, as well as a few things that could go wrong. Uh, and then in segment two, it's What You Say Wednesday. Every single Tuesday, poll goes out on Twitter. That's at Locked On Clips. Basically, we want to know what you think about a few options. This one uh, has to do with what's been the most surprising to everyone so far this season. So excited to break that down. And then in shavings, uh, <laughs> we're basically just going to be smack talking the All-Star game. So, <laughs> yeah, no one uh, wants this thing. Uh, so strap in. Uh, all of that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We got to give a shout out to uh, CBDMD before we get started on this preview. Visit CBDMD to receive 20% off your next order and use promo code NBA at checkout to get some superior CBD products. So this Clippers Jazz uh, Part 1, these teams will meet up again on Friday. Uh, the Jazz are 23-5 and five and... I mean, they're the best team in basketball right now, right? I don't think that's hyperbolic to say in any way. No, not at all. Um, injury report. Mike Conley is questionable for the Jazz. For the Clippers, Patrick Beverly will play. He wasn't on the report in any way, so that's good. Kawhi's upgraded to questionable. Okay. So. I'm, he's going to play in one of these two yeah. games, I would assume, unless... It's time to worry. I don't think it's time to worry. Uh, Paul George saw it with the toe issue. And then Mick, Nick Batum is out with a concussion. And this kind of caused some confusion because it was first reported when he was out um, the last game that it was a migraine. And then the injury report said concussion. So it's kind of gone in these stages from migraine to concussion. The timeline is kind of iffy with concussions in the NBA. It's dependent on, like, there's these uh, neurological examinations after they do, you know, like running on a treadmill or biking, like to make sure everything's all good. And there's no timeline. Like the NBA guidelines literally say there's no timeline for this process. So it seems like they caught it early. Hopefully he's ready for the Friday game. But that's what we're preparing with. Will, what do we need to do well in this game against the best team in basketball right now? Uh, well, other than everything, <laughs> yeah, um, I, like a huge thing is just going to be shooting well from three. Like the Jazz are lighting it up right now in yes. three-point percentage. However, we are still the more efficient team. Hell yeah. Uh, so hopefully we can continue to use ball movement uh, to get open shots. It'd be great to see Morris kind of go off again early. <laughs> Dude, I know. Um, uh, and if, you know, if, if Batoon doesn't end up playing, that that's oh, definitely going to hurt. Out. Oh, he's out. Yeah, out. he's gotcha. like out, out. Fully out. So yeah. that's definitely going to hurt us. Um, and, you know, hopefully we have Bev. Bev will be there. Bev's going to be lighting it up. Someone's got to do something. We mentioned everything, and that is kind of true. The Jazz are top five in the following categories. Rebounds, offensive rebound percentage, three-point attempts, three-point percentage, offensive rating, defensive rating, blocks, points, and, of course, opponent effective field goal percentage, all while playing the highest-rated strength schedule. 
but they aren't <laughs> managing turnovers that well. Yes. Their opponents are averaging 17 points a game off of turnovers, which is the best in the league. And our transition play has looked a little more a little more pep in the step these last few games. Definitely, definitely. Uh, this would be a great game if Mann had like three steals. Dude, if we get another, somehow another Terrence Mann game, I'm the maniacs are going to be going crazy. <laughs> Uh, going along with the ball movement, they're also not super pressuring the ball. Uh, their opponents are turning over the ball less on average than any other team that they play. Oh, okay. Um, so that's pretty solid. There's some lights at the end of this potential doom tunnel for this game. Yes, yes. Uh, do you have anything else on what we need to do well before we just, get into what we need to just do? Just everything's got to be tight. Everything. everything has to be, everything has to be kind of vibe-wise like it was in the Miami game. Which oh, we're going to talk about in the key matchups. That's still not, I still just don't think that's enough. But to, there uh, also has to be no errors. So it's yeah. like this really rough combination. What could go wrong? Uh, stagnant ball movement is the first thing that came to my mind. Jazz are holding their opponents to 11 um, three points made per game and 31 attempted per game. So if we're not moving the ball, we're going to see guys forced into some bad ISO shots. We might see it with Kawhi. Some, most of them are going to go in, which will be good. The Jazz are also taking eight more threes a game than so us. So many. So we're going to have to create quality shots as well as we can. Yeah. Um, They're giving up 62-point attempts per game, though, which seems pretty much by design because it is, um, like, the worst in the league. Yes. Literally. Um, but we have to be hitting our shots at a high clip because we shoot 53% on our twos which is 17th in the league, so a little below average. Um, but yeah, just a lot of stuff has to go right. What do we got for key matchups in this one? All right, so I'm curious to see how we're going to adjust in this one. Um, you know, we've talked on this podcast before about some of the issues with the pick-and-roll defense. Uh, not the best team to be playing and not have a good pick-and-roll defense. Especially with PG out and... Kawhi potentially not at all the way 100% or not there. It yeah. could get... We, yeah, we're going to see a heavy dose of the pick and roll. So I'm curious to see how we uh, adjust. Um, obviously, this is not the game for drop coverage. You don't want to be given shooter space. <laughs> hey, you know what? Who knows? <laughs> but, uh, you know, we tried switching a little bit more, but with a bunch of guys who haven't played together that much, I got to be honest, it sounds damn near impossible. <laughs> Dude, I know. I'm, I'm thinking if we're going Bev, Reggie, Lou, mm -hmm. which, you know, if Kawhi is out, it's probably going to be running. Um, I'm... It's just, it's just, you know, time to hold on. I'm hoping Lou stays on the bench in this one. I'm actually really, oh. I'm really excited for Lou Will versus Jordan Clarkson. Dude, had 40 the other night. <laughs> two pure bench score, scorers just yeah. going at it with precisely zero defense. <laughs> yeah, it'd be fun to watch them play one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, Pat Bev versus whatever combination of Mike Conley and Donovan Mitchell he sees. Um, if Conley plays, he is a jazz killer. Um, but last time Conley was out, the Jazz started Donovan Mitchell and Joe Ingles at the one and the two. Um, but regardless, Ben is going to have a lot on his shoulders point of attack wise, like we talked about with the pick and roll stuff. And he's still kind of getting back to 100%. We don't have word on as of 8 p.m. on Monday night, excuse me, Tuesday night. Um, if his minutes restriction is lifted, I feel like it's probably still in place. I know we got that game off, but I, I don't know if he's ready to go 100% without. PG against this iteration of the Jazz team, right? I think you're right. Uh, the only thing <laughs> is, like, the Nick Batum immediately coming back and playing, what, 38 minutes or whatever that game. Oh, good call. Um, good, yeah, good so, call. So, I, you know... Who knows? It, it's going to come down to necessity overall, but... Uh, if it's close, he's playing a lot. If yeah. it's not... 
Yeah, let's let Terrence Mann get some. Speaking rest. of just necessity, how much is Kawhi going to have to do if he ends up playing in this one? All of it. Everything. This is... This is his argument for MVP right here. Oh, God. Um, so, like, the game against the Heat was a great reminder of what the Clips depth can do. When yes. everything's going right. When things are going well. When yeah. everything is going right. The Jazz are a team that requires Kawhi to go off for the Clippers to get a win in this scenario, oh, yeah. in oh, this yeah. specific scenario. So everything that good that happened in the Heat game would have to happen with less mistakes and Kawhi yeah. also having a good game. Yeah, exactly. Um, Surge and Zoo versus Gobert. Okay. It's going to be fun. Uh, Surge yeah. didn't play well versus the Heat. Didn't really shoot very well. Jimmy Butler was pretty much kind of working him on defense in the post. Um, yeah, that I mean, it was surprising. He, could, he yeah. really Serge or Azu looked way better against Butler in the post than Serge did. Yeah, um, we got to stop dumping the ball to Serge in the post. It's not really working out. Not his thing. Uh, Serge lifetime averages thirteen and seven against Gobert. They've never met up in the playoffs, but they played about thirteen times, which isn't bad, right? Thirteen and seven against Rudy Gobert. Not For Serge. Bad. I mean, I'm I'm pretty yeah. happy with that output. Zoo is averaging seven and seven against Rudy Gobert, which is not very good. But he never seems to shy away from the contact. He always kind of loves the challenge of playing centers like this. Now for the rough part. What's your prediction for this game? I man, I th- I'm thinking we drop this one. I think uh, we might drop this one too. I think that we win. I, I do think that we will end up splitting this kind of series uh, with the Jazz, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but I think that it's going to take an adjustment period and... Um, Unless the Jazz, you know, show up with like some sort of uh, less than stellar effort to kick, to kick <laughs> things off, or you know, we're really able to capitalize early, I yeah, I think we're gonna end up dropping this one. It's gonna be tough. Clippers are right now just kind of around a three-point underdog, which feels a little generous, mm-hmm. and makes me think that Vegas knows that Kawhi's gonna play. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think we might drop this one, but I think we'll get them back on Friday. Coming up, we're going to be talking What You Say Wednesday, talking about the biggest surprises of the Clippers' uh, 21-8 start. But first, have to give a shout-out to betonline.ag. Oh, please do. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline.ag has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use promo code Locked On for that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Okay, so we're back with what you say Wednesday. Uh, you know, we talked about what people were worried about last yeah. week. Uh, so now we want to know what has surprised folks the most uh, through these 29, nearly 30 games. I know, I was bummed it wasn't on 30. Um, the options were, again, thank you to everyone who voted in this. We put this out around 10 a.m. on Clippers Twitter, uh, at Locked on Clips. 557 people voted, so pretty good turnout. Um, what has surprised you most about uh, through the Clippers' 21-8 and eight start? We had Terrence Mann's play, Ty Lue's coaching, Nick Batum's play, and then Paul George and Kawhi playmaking. The overwhelming favorite was Nick Batum's play, which pretty obvious, I think. Mm-hmm. It's the most surprising thing to some people, of course. Fifty-five um, percent of the vote went to him. Ty Lue's coaching got twenty-five percent. Terrence Mann's play gets seventeen percent, and PG and Kawhi's playmaking a personally, I think, bit of a disrespectful three percent. Yeah. Um, what would you have voted? I would have voted uh, Nick Batum's play, and then Ty Lue's coaching, and then PG and Kawhi, and then Terrence Mann. 
Look, Nick Batum was no surprise. Yeah, to you're me. not even you're uh, not even voting for the look, four, fourth. All one. right. Uh, look, I th- I thought Batum would be great for this. I thought that it was uh, a better fit for him role wise. I am actually surprised that he has cemented his place in the starting line. Oh yeah, there has to uh, even the wild, even the yeah. big, even the the Richard Molders, the biggest believers in Nick Batum, couldn't have foreseen that he would be this the spooky Batumers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Even those people couldn't. <laughs> Uh, had seen this level of play coming. No. Which is no. fair. Which, like, no one, it's not like a you should have been. I mean, I thought he'd be a great fit, but yeah. So, anyways, that's not my most surprising one. I'd probably put that maybe third. I would actually first have to go Terrence Mann's play. Um, just because, man, from, from where we were at, I did not think that he was close to being no. a, a rotation kind of player. Yeah. And, you know, it's still a small sample size. TBD if, if this trend will be able to continue um, but he he's really really surprised me I mean this the fact that there is a trend I, gets yeah. me so hyped up right <laughs> I, I mean I essentially thought we were just gonna punt just punt this draft um, yeah, I, yeah j- just looking at the pick so that is the most surprising to me um, and then I actually gotta kind of put these as a tie I really don't know how I can put one over the other uh, of PG and Kawhi's playmaking, as well as Ty Lue's coaching. Because, look... Uh, kind of one and the same a little it, bit. It's a little bit one and the same. I think that the ball movement this season, um, you know, it's it's clearly been instilled in everyone. It's been a top-down thing that they have really drilled in. Uh, and it's been really, really successful. And the playmaking of Kawhi and PG plays into that. It is a huge part. Um, but it's everybody. I like. I've been in, I've been impressed with the ball movement really from everybody. What was it last game? Everybody but Serge Ibaka who played recorded an yes, assist for sure. Um, so th- their playmaking comes into that, uh, and I do think that they've been put in positions where they can kind of flourish. The system is what I like so much. Yes. It's because, you know, that game when Choir PG is out, Nick Batum's still getting nine three-pointers off. Like, there's a system instilled. And Marcus Morris talked about this in an interview recently about how he knows his exact fit. He knows exactly what he's supposed to do in this system. There's no murkiness. There's no, just trust me, I got it. There is, here's what you do. You need to do this. If we do this, we're probably going to win. Yeah. And it's led to a 21-8 and eight record. Definitely. So I think, uh, yeah, Nick, uh, Tyloo's coaching, I think, is a little disrespected at 25%. But the PG and Kawhi playmaking, I guess because people were so hyped on it last year, and it's reached another level that it's, I guess, I guess surprise isn't the right word I think about this. I think just kind of weird that it's getting swept under the rug. Like yeah. Brian Cullen said this about Kawhi playing back-to-backs is Kawhi just plays back-to-backs now and no one in the media cared. Like it was just like, okay, great. Like, cool. Like it's no what one, you're supposed to do. Yeah, it's like this weird thing where it's just like swept under the rug. It's damned so. if you do, damned if you don't yeah, for the Clippers. Like, for it's sure. just going to always be that way. But Nick Batum's play is easily the king of this. Just to run down some stats for you real quick. What do you think Nick Batum's shooting from three this season? Uh, 43%? 45%, which is absurd, averaging nine points. Uh, triple what he averaged last season. Shot 28% from three last season, but that was last season. Um, no, all these surprises are good. I think um, someone like th- said I should put team chemistry in there. Oh, that's a, I mean... Which I think is definitely fair, but I also don't think anyone thought it was going to be bad. Like, if you actually watch the Clippers, the biggest issue of team chemistry, Rodney Magruder, was shipped off. No. Um, the biggest issue was shipped off next door, but it was very kind of clear what was happening, especially if you look at how much more Morris is a vocal leader and f- not fits in because he was probably fitting in with 
most of the guys last year, but you know, it's a it's a pretty obvious thing that this I, team was going to look better chemistry wise. I also just think sort of once again all these things kind of tie into this team chemistry thing. Look, yeah, the team chemistry doesn't look as good as it does right now if there's not winning. Um, yeah, and you know we're winning because all of these factors are are kind of are kind of happening and coalescing, and it creates an environment where people are excited it's to fun. go to work. Yeah, like, anytime you're crushing at work, it's a good time. Yeah, like, it's always good. Um, the Terrence Mann thing is cool. That's like that's such a fun kind of you know t- like where did the streak of play start? Like two weeks ago, where it was kind of like oh damn, like Terrence is. Terrence has the abilities to make him a serviceable NBA player. Now yeah, well, when Bev it. was out and he got that first start, and he's been, you know, it, it, it peaks and valleys, but he's yeah. been overall, I feel like, a fairly solid look for a second-year player. I mean, he's far ahead of His where I thought year he was. was like kind of a wash. Every like, rookie last year, I feel like you cannot give up on or like you most know most rookies under Doc, really. Yeah, like just historically, other than yeah. you know Blake and Shea. It's like pretty bleak. <laughs> like if you're looking at some of those picks, um, thought about putting Fee on here, but that felt disrespectful because Fee seems like he's going through a tough time. Um, but no, all good things. Is there anything? Is there a negative surprise that you've noticed this year? I haven't. I think other than the Luke Kennard fit still getting figured out, that's the only like kind of true negative. Well, I, I mean, I've talked about this before, but my whole thing with the Luke Kennard thing is his role just looks a lot different ham fisted it feels like right now it just looks a lot different than i thought it would when we signed him yeah uh, i didn't think he would be you know like spotting up and stuff i thought he would have the ball in his hands a lot more makes sense that you don't want to take possessions away from lou will especially with his great play <laughs> yeah right now um but the negative thing i mean other than health yes um I, other than health really i don't have a whole it's lot great, of like right? overarching no real complaints, complaints. Third um, center would be nice. Someone to soak up some fouls, but that's not a like real complaint. And that's we fixable. got Patrick Patterson, baby. <laughs> that's very true. Three mil a year. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I should put some Patrick Patterson related stuff. No, the most surprising thing this year so far was Patrick Patterson's question of the day about Golden Corral. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna put that on here, and that definitely would have won. Um, thank you to everyone who voted. Over at Locked On Clips and the Switch Day Wednesday pool. We appreciate it. Coming up, there was some uh, more talking about the All-Star game. We're going to talk about that and why it shouldn't happen. But first, Will, talk to me about these Built Bars. Okay, great. So Built Bar is a health bar, oh, but yeah. it tastes like a candy bar. What? Uh, it now comes in 18 amazing flavors, both nut and non-nut for those with allergies. The six new flavors include caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are healthy. They're great for the health-conscious person. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, so they're great for the keto diet. Uh, And right now, we have a very special offer for our listeners. We're offering, they're offering a free cooler with purchase what? while supplies last. Uh, so make sure you're getting on this. Go to <laughs> BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, welcome to Shavings, where we're talking the still-happening NBA All-Star game. Uh, today, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms uh, is opposed to people traveling to her city for the uh, All-Star Game. People should not travel to Atlanta. <clears throat> this is a made-for-TV event. They strongly encourage promoters 
clubs, bars, etc., not to host events in the city related to this game. You know what? This is going to be a disaster. Also, yeah, right. If there's no regulations, like you as a business aren't going to capitalize on the All-Star game. That's what's hard is that the businesses are in such a rough place. They've been, you know, they've been open, they've been, they've been closed. closed. Like, you know, I this isn't an advocation for opening all the businesses also, just a full disclosure. No, like, I'm just saying, though, like, <laughs> if if it's not regulated, I mean, these people have been hurting. Small businesses are hurting. I think that, yeah, I mean, I if I was in the same position, I'd be like, hell yeah, I'm trying to milk this thing. Oh, our competitor has the game the game on in Atlanta. I guess we have to have the game on, too. I'll have the game no on twice. Go, yeah, I'll have two games on. I'll have one on delay, so you can watch it. I'll have last year's All-Star game. <laughs> Which was a pretty good All-Star game. Kawhi was the MVP. Um... Woj uh, tweeted out some health stuff earlier in the week. During All-Star in Atlanta, players and guests will be required to remain at the designated player's hotel except for leave, except to leave for All-Star activities at the arena. That Wh- sounds hor. Why even go? Once again, yeah, right. Well, and the hotels are going to be... So they can't leave the hotel, but that's nothing to say that the hotel can't You're telling me host that- a thing. Or, like, you know what I mean? Like The, the hotel is going to probably try and cater... To the NBA All Stars, yeah, that are staying in their facilities. They're not gonna be like, nah, man. We we put the ping pong table up, bro. It's COVID. <laughs> You're telling me there's not gonna be a couple booze rooms? That's what people I mean. Are, people are congregating in and like, out. Look, we've all yeah, we've all been there before. Um, players are required to travel to Atlanta. <laughs> Conference drunk is a fun drunk. <laughs> all right, it's a good time. Uh, players are required to travel to Atlanta on March 6th via private transportation. <laughs> Okay. Which gave me a very funny image of like a bunch of private jets flying in all at once, like on the tarmac, being like, oh shit. <laughs> like, and like bumper to bumper, or I guess nose cone to nose cone traffic. Um, the three point contest and the skills challenge will happen before the All Star game. Uh, and then during the All Star game, they're going to have the dunk contest at halftime. I love the quote by Mayor uh, Bottoms who said, this is a made for TV <laughs> event. I like. I think it's kind of a nice veiled shot at like this is strictly only for money. Like this is not. It's absurd. I, <laughs> Nobody it, wants this. Players don't want this. Truly, does the All Star Game make that much money? That's a good question. I, I for, really so don't know. Maybe this is a dumb question. So I truly don't know. That's what sucks about the clubs bars thing is it does for local businesses. I know, but the NBA doesn't give a shit about local businesses. No, but that's what I mean. So it does for local businesses, so that we're like, well, that is good, but now they're also kind of screwed because of COVID. But this is a giant event, so people are going to go out and do stuff. Um, yeah, but for the NBA, how does this... I mean, I'm sure it makes money. I'm not sitting here pretending like the All-Star game doesn't I'm make money. I'm not saying that it doesn't but make money. But how much money? How integral? Like, as much as the Pro Bowl makes the NFL, probably not. Is it worth it? <laughs> well, I mean, to the NBA, it apparently seems worth it. It's just crazy. I mean, Kawhi doesn't want this game to happen. LeBron James doesn't want this game to happen. No one really wants this game to happen. You know how, like, every year I feel like people kind of malign the effort of the All-Star game? Yeah, last Jimmy Butler was hung over for that one. Last year's being a little bit of an exception. It was, like, a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, it was kind of neat. Uh, <laughs> what do you think people are going to be like this year? No one wants to be there. I mean, yeah, right. Like, what's the effort going to be? The only place you can go is the hotel, the game, the hotel. And then they have to leave immediately after, is the other part, which is, hey, I guess a good idea because if you let people hang out for All Star Week, they're going to probably do some party and stuff. But you're right. It just makes the effort. <laughs> 
what are we doing here? I'm just saying, I mean, you can't have the fans, which to me is the entire point of the All-Star Game. The All-Star Game is for the fans. Yes, very good point. And uh, there's weird contracts left out into it, too, which sucks, because you don't have to play the game to be an All-Star You don't selection. have to play the game. So it's like, just you can still get the contract stuff for all of this. Yeah, like, still do the still do the voting, and then do or, you know the remote skill challenge and the remote play three Uno or something. Remote dunk contest. <laughs> uh yeah, so nobody wants to do it. It's it's for the fans. Um, that's not happening. I just, I know I just don't really see what it is to be gained at this at this juncture. Um, I don't know. We'll see some cool dunks. Maybe. <laughs> I just pr- like. Ugh. I hope everyone is- already nobody wants to do the dunk contest, and now you're gonna yeah. do it. At yeah, who is gonna be the all star game? Wonder, they haven't even announced who's in the dunk contest. I don't think. Um, no, I, I just hope nothing. I hope everyone kind of stays chill about the whole thing as much as you can. Like the all-star weekend has such a connotation of it's a party weekend for the NBA, which makes total sense. Usually it's the break, you know, for some players, like if you're DeMarcus Cousins, you get found out, you get traded in the middle of an interview during all-star week. Uh, but it should be a good time. You know, last year, Kawhi won the Kobe Bryant, um, all-star MVP award. Yeah. Who knows? Um, we just hope everyone stays as safe as possible. You know, if you're in Atlanta listening to this, stay safe. If you're anywhere listening to this, yeah. If you're anywhere listening to this uh, and you're in a and you're gonna go to a gathering to watch the All Star Game, not in Atlanta, just rethink it. Yeah, rethink. It's it. not that important. It's gonna probably be a bad All Star Game. It's either gonna be eighty-seven to seventy-four or two hundred and thirty-five to two hundred and thirty-six. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no other way. Um, anything else in shavings? Nah, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Uh, Thursday's episode recap of that hopeful victory over the Jazz. Uh, How hopeful are you about that in reality? I'm not very hopeful. <laughs> um, Thirsty Thursday with what we want to see more of from certain Clippers players. As well, as whatever else happens to you now. And then in Clipland, Will, where can these fantastic people listen to us? You can listen to us on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. Oh, yeah. fun, little, fun little trick, little parlor trick. <laughs> uh, thank you to everybody who sent in reviews for the Batum Battalion giveaway on iTunes. Uh, those shirts are coming at you. Yeah. A couple feel, people hit me up, said they already got them. They're very excited about them. If you feel so inclined to leave a review, you know, outside of a contest, hey, we'd love to know what you think about the show. So, yeah, uh, as Chuck mentioned up top, we come at you five days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific, and we'd love to have your listen. 100%. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. We appreciate you.